Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include Builder Trends, My interview with Stratmore Group's Mike Seminari on data behind customer experience and how companies can take steps to improve referrals today. And are bond markets once again ahead of themselves? Thanks to the Stratmore Group, the data-driven mortgage advisory. At Stratmore, insights and knowledge are applied to guide mortgage clients to make sound strategic decisions and take actions that improve their success. To learn more, visit stratmoregroup.com. Stop me when you've heard this one. I want more affordable housing, just not near me. Affordable means many things, and there are residential lending industry jokes about making a loan on anything with axles or a license plate. Like, don't. (laughs) Being permanently affixed is usually in the underwriting guidelines, which makes the story about someone having their driveway stolen very interesting. For the link to that story, as well as the latest employment opportunities, and lender and vendor products and services, visit robchrisman.com. There are plenty of trends in the builder world, one of which is build for rent. Instead of just having a house here or there, build for rent homes are clustered together and form a community. Much like an apartment complex and with many of the same amenities. Essentially an apartment building as a defined community. This new asset class even has its own conference. The category is usually not a good thing for IMBs or small banks or credit unions. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show Stratmore Group's Mike Seminari to talk about data behind customer experience and how companies can take steps to improve referrals today. He's Director of Customer Experience at Stratmore Group specializing in operationalizing excellence in the customer journey, implementing creative problem-solving solutions, and identifying opportunities to improve the borrower's experience through communication and commitment. Under his leadership, Stratmore has become an industry leader in the drive to optimize the mortgage borrower's loan experience through the company's Mortgage CX service. 2023 was kind of the year of AI, but more important, than AI was customer experience. It's like we're going through this customer experience revolution. And I know companies were very, very heavily focused on that. I want to back up a little bit and get kind of a historic perspective here and ask you over the last decade or so, how have we seen the customer experience improve when it comes to obtaining a mortgage loan? I know the industry as a whole has made leaps and bounds. Yeah, so about 10 years ago, we're talking to, to 2013, I guess 2014, Stratmore was actually kind of at the, at the front end of this. We saw this, the conversation started to um, become more prevalent around customer experience in, in that time. There's a lot of talk about, five, you know, five-star reviews. How do you get, you know, your the word out about your great customer experience? Uh, and prior to that, there there really wasn't, a, a lot of activity around it. But at that time, there there started to be this desire to really know what's happening with the customer. And so Stratmore jumped in and said, well, nobody except for maybe J.D. Power is, is really going deep and asking a lot of questions. And even they were only doing it, you know, once a year. And so we stepped into this space and started asking a lot of questions, going deep, deep dive into the customer experience and getting a lot of really great data. 
And we did that, you know, for years and collected all this data and we'd give it back to the lender and say, you know, here, do what you will with it and, you know, slice it and dice it. And and what we found was there's so, there's just a mountain of data and people are having a little trouble sifting through it and getting it into a, a place that's first of all, digestible by the leadership, but also actionable. And, uh, you know, we found very few lenders are really operationalizing what they were finding. And then fast forward a couple of years later, you know, 2016, 2017, there was this big emphasis on how do we create personal branding for the LO and how do we get the testimonials to be seen by the public and to see how great we are. And so there was, you know, there's kind of a different tack or different angle being taken. Yes, it's important to know what the customer experience is, but look at all these great shiny objects and and people saying how great we are. And so the emphasis really kind of shifted to how do we monetize the feedback that's coming back from the customer. And so that really was probably 2017 through 2020, 2021, kind of that era. And what we found was that a lot of promises were being made by companies coming into the space that, hey, if you get your testimonials online and and proliferated everywhere, that business will just come flowing in. You get a lot more leads, a lot more new um, top of funnel being filled. And then, you know, in the last couple of years, we found the lenders kind of and LOs especially are are throwing their hands up and say, "Well, where where are all my referrals? I'm supposed to, give, you know, isn't a testimonial equivalent to a referral?" And we found it it's not. You know, the data that Stratmore has been getting over the last ten years has shown that it's really the process that drives, and you know, the delight in the process that drives the word of mouth referrals. So you can be going all, you know, you can get as many testimonials as you as you want that that is not actually driving top of funnel it's the it's the process and how well you delight the customer that actually creates word of mouth referral so i guess a uh, long story short there's been a, a, a shift in from it's very important we should be talking about it we should be thinking about it to how do we monetize the feedback we're already getting back to kind of reverting to well wait maybe we should look at the process a little deeper again and try to find out actually how to how to operationalize some of these things so that we can create more word of mouth referrals because that's really the the holy grail is do you delight customers enough to talk to their friends and family and uh, and testimonials are not unfortunately equivalent to a, to a word of mouth referral it's just apples and oranges let's get very practical here with that and kind of go one step further and I'll ask you what do you notice about the top performing lenders versus their peers or the, the average peer when it comes to exceptional customer service? What what truly sets them apart? Well, the, the biggest one, which is the hardest one, is that their culture. It just lives and breathes customer experience. So it starts with a top-down support and encouragement by leadership to say, this is important. We should really be focusing on this. But where a lot of lenders, you know, I would say 95% of lenders are already in that boat. They're doing that well. The The tough part is getting the LOs and processors who are on the front lines to believe that they need to do a better job. Because most of the those people, their self-perception is that they're already delivering an amazing customer experience. 
as evidenced by the testimonials they're getting, things like that. But um, so, so the creating a culture that values that it, it has to include visibility by the LO, by the process, by everybody on their own personal performance. And very, very few lenders are actually showing their frontline workers. This is your personal scorecard for this past month. Every loan you touched, this is what the customer said. And this is what held them back from being a raving fan, perhaps. You know, and the, you know, we at Stratmore and our mortgage CX program, we, we look at seven things and really focus in on those seven things. Any one of those goes wrong on a loan, you're looking at a 80 to 100 point drop in NPS. So you basically lose the referral if one of those things happens. So we key in on those and show each individual person through a monthly scorecard report what their personal path to improvement is. And it comes with coaching tips and things like that. So it's it's creating that level of visibility and you, you call it accountability as well. But for the LO, it's, you know, it, it's not so much, did I do something right or wrong? But is this holding me back from getting referrals? And so they you get need to engage with them at that level, saying this is important. This should be important to you because your referrals live or die based on even just these seven things. You, you get these seven things right, your NPS is ninety-seven. That starts to sink in. That's a that's a good conversation to be having. It should be massively important. I mean, every loan in this type of environment matters. And so I would assume that just about everybody out there listening wants to improve their customer experience. Sure, there are companies that want to brag about their NPS, but even then they're not perfect and, and they would be down for more referrals. So if I'm the CEO of a mortgage unit today and I want to improve my customer experience, where should I start on the road to improvement? The best and fastest way to improve is to key in or focus in on the aspects of the loan process that matter the most, the things that create the biggest lift, the fastest lift in someone's likelihood to recommend or their their delight. And so something like, are you asking a question on your survey that that says, did you get a call prior to closing to go over your final numbers? An initial list of documents needed. And did you see that list and read it? Did you think documentation was reasonable or unreasonable when you're being asked. Did you ever get asked for documents, the same document twice or more times than that? You know, it's those those are the things that actually will sour an experience or make it a delightful experience. It's a, it's like if I go to a restaurant and there's a hair in my salad. Well, that's the rest of the experience might, might've been great, but that makes me think that the, you know, the kitchen is dirty or the, the people like it just sours the whole thing. And that's the same thing that, that happens with certain aspects of the loan process. So I would say if, if you want to do one thing, start asking more and deeper questions because those things, your LL might say, I delivered a great customer experience. My customer loves me. They smiled. They shook my hand. They gave me a testimony at the end, but what about your blind spots? What what are your blind spots? Do you have any blind spots? And I, I can tell you most LOs do have blind spots. Who doesn't like a little extra protein in their soup when they go out to lunch? <laughs> Not me, but true. I agree. I know that last question was addressed to the chief enterprise officer, but I'm going to ask yeah. you, the lenders need a chief experience officer, a different type of CEO, or do you feel like they just need to empower kind of a few employees to take on these initiatives? 
It's a good question. I've seen it done a bunch of different ways. You know, the, the most of the time, the larger organization, big bigger uh, depositories, will have a, an actual role that is a CXO. Uh, it's not necessary, but it's it's a great. Uh, to me, it's it's proof that you really are putting your money where your mouth is when you say that you care about customer experience. Um, at the same time, I've seen some bigger companies cut those roles because times are tough. And that's, uh, you know, it's one that's harder to tie directly to, to ROI. So it's, uh, it takes a commitment from leadership to say, no, customer experience is so important to long-term, to fuel long-term growth that we're really going to invest in it and, and keep a, you know, a C-level position open in that area. Now, if you're not in the position to do that, then the next step is uh, who, who's it going to be? Is it going to be a, you know, a bunch of people kind of sharing that that space, or is it going to be marketing or sales or ops or who who really should should control that? And what the ones I've seen that are really successful, it's sales or ops that that take that leadership. And when it, when it's marketing, you know, marketing tends to have a little bit different priority, which is how do we monetize the feedback we're already getting versus how do we refine our process to create more delight? Um, that's really more ops. That's really more sales driven. So yeah, my recommendation would be if, if you're not going to have that role, at least put it to someone who cares about the process because the process is king. And finally, before I let you go, kind of mortgages aside here, what's one of the best customer experiences you've recently had? Well, my when I think about my customer experiences, it's um, the ones that stand out are not necessarily the ones that somebody went above and beyond, although those are great. Uh, but more common for me is when my expectation is low and someone exceeds that. So I'll give you two examples. One was I, I recently flew Spirit Airlines, and it was surprisingly not painful. So I was expecting it to be painful. And expecting it to be, you know, delayed flights and rude people. And uh, I don't know. I was just expecting a low expectation. But I had to take my uh, family out to Philadelphia for a wedding. And uh, I live in L.A. So it's a, it's a long flight. And it's it's an expensive flight. It was going to be like $3,500 to, to fly not Spirit or $1,200 to fly Spirit. So I, I did. And I was just um, I was just really kind of can't describe it any other way, but I was delighted when I got home and, and I thought, well, nothing went wrong. It was clean. It left on time. It way exceeded my expectations. So that's, that's one. And I, I, I told a lot of people about that. So I was, I was your raving fan. And even though I wasn't like over the moon and, you know, nobody gave me a free drink or something like that on the, on the flight, <laughs> They didn't even, they don't even give you water on those flights, but uh, that's, that's one that really stood out to me. Another one kind of along the same lines is I went to the dentist and I was expecting it to be, you know, uncomfortable like most people do. And it wasn't, it was just a, a really nice experience. It had a great hygienist that it was, you know, a clean bill of health and all, all that. So it's, it's those times where you're expecting, and, and I think that parlays to, to the mortgage experience. People don't go into the mortgage experience expecting to be just wowed and delighted. They, they're expecting a little bit of pain and discomfort. 
and anxiety. And if we can give them an anxiety-free, pain-free experience, then we've already delighted them. And that's what our numbers and our data shows. You know, we've we've surveyed more than a million people over the last five, 10 years. And it's that's the story that comes out. Save them from the pain and you will be delighting them. That's very well put. It seems like expectations are resentments waiting to happen a lot of the time, but people can always be surprised to the upside. So Mike, it was really nice to hear from you today. I, I appreciate the time and uh, hopefully we'll- Yeah, my, my pleasure. Awesome. Thanks for having me. The end of 2023 brought unbridled optimism that the Fed would precipitously cut rates this year. But bonds dropped to open 2024 as traders trimmed rate cut bets. The risk off selling from investors reconsidering year end optimism coincided with weakness in other sovereign debt around the globe, amid renewed uncertainty and rising tensions surrounding shipping routes through the Red Sea, and about wars in Ukraine and Gaza spilling into larger conflicts. By yesterday's close, market movement marked one of the worst ever concerted drops in stocks and bonds to start a year. While the first day performance says little about what markets will do for the rest of 2024, the retreat signaled at least some hesitation among investors to chase a fourth quarter rally that lifted long-dated U.S. Treasuries by more than 10%. On the data front, total construction spending increased 0.4% month over month in November, Less robust than expected, following an upwardly revised 1.2% increase from 0.6% in October. Total private construction was up 0.7% month over month, while total public construction was down 0.7% month over month. On a year-over-year basis, total construction spending was up 11.3%. Strength seen in new single-family construction is badly needed as the supply of existing homes on the market remains severely constrained. The rest of this short week will be dominated by the jobs report on Friday, but we'll also have the Federal Open Market Committee, or FOMC minutes, from the December meeting today, and the Institute of Supply Management, or ISM, Manufacturing Index on Friday. And we'll also receive December prepayments after Friday's close. What about prepayments, you ask? According to IFR's consensus, Fannie 30 and Ginny Jew speeds are still expected to decline 6% month over month on average, with Fannie 15 slowing closer to 4%. Weaker turnover seasonals and a near 5% decline in day count are seen as the main drivers. Gross issuance came in at its lowest level, $71.6 billion, since March's $68.1 billion. Today's economic calendar kicked off with mortgage applications decreasing 9.4% from two weeks earlier, according to data from the Mortgage Bankers Association's weekly mortgage application survey. The results include adjustments to account for the holidays. While activity usually slows around the holidays, the recent decline in mortgage rates was wrongly expected to provide a boost into the year end. Later today brings remarks from Richmond Fed President Barkin, Redbook Same Store Sales, ISM Manufacturing, PMI for December, Jolt's job openings for November, and the minutes from the December 12th and 13th FOMC meeting. We begin Wednesday with agency MBS prices worse about an eighth, and the 10-year yielding 3.98 after closing yesterday at 3.95%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A gorilla walks into a bar and orders a Mai Tai. He hands the bartender a $20 bill. 
After recovering from his shock, the bartender thinks, Hey, this gorilla doesn't know how much drinks cost, and hands him back one dollar and change, saying, We don't get many gorillas in here. The gorilla replies, At 19 bucks a drink? I'm not surprised. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, the Stratmore Group, the data-driven mortgage advisory. At Stratmore, insights and knowledge are applied to guide mortgage clients to make sound strategic decisions and take actions that improve their success. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcasts from.